Welcome back to the Dr. Super Coach Podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. It's been another exciting round, and the uh, model of excitement with his excessively monotone voice is Pistol. How are you, <laughs> champion? Uh, I'm as monotone as usual, Cheezo. Thanks for checking up on me. But uh, I, am, I am a little bit sadder than usual, just because... I <laughs> shouldn't sadder than usual. A little... <laughs> <laughs> just, You're just not getting because, off to a great start, are you? No, not at all. I did manage to catch you in multiple league matchups this week. We have five unique differences. You had two primos. I had three primos, so I was quietly confident. You basically had it done, didn't you? You had me in the bank. You've been I, bragging all week. I've got Cheezo this week. I, I thought that it was a, a sure thing, but obviously there's nothing... Like a sure thing in a super coach, and your two primos managed to score 175 and 154 <laughs> in Clayton Oliver and Josh Kelly. So you got me good, and uh, that was just to lose multiple. I don't even know how many people have Josh Kelly. I can't imagine it's many, and the fact that he rolled me in multiple leagues because of that is just, uh, yeah, icing on the cake of a, a pretty poor round for myself. Well, obviously, Oliver was first uh, cab off the rank, and you sent me an inbox to say this is a joke. Uh, I think there was a, a, a bleep in there somewhere. But then my second unique was Matt Parker, and so you were all up about again. <laughs> you're like, yes, I'm, I'm back in the game. I'm back in it. And then Josh Kelly was my third unique, and you're, you know, it's just a, you know, um, it's roller coaster of emotions. Exactly right. It's just like a, a normal Bubble Boys uh, price rise after they've played five or six games. It's just going up and down like the DC hyper coaster at Movie World. It, it was it was a tough tough pill to swallow a bitter pill to swallow. It was, yeah, I need more pills to swallow. <laughs> uh, not advocating drug use, but um, Mike may be back for future podcasts by the sounds of things. <laughs> oh uh, we will jump into uh, a few little housekeeping things. Uh, Pistol, I obviously uh, pledged that if Josh Kelly was to go to be a late out, I um, wouldn't have to donate. I, I doubled down, and not only that, he brought out a one fifty for me uh, pistol. So I get out of that one. I I don't know how I got out with the skin of my teeth, mate. But we do have a few donations, mate. Would you like to take us through those? I would love to. I feel like Josh Kelly did so well. We have to pay you instead. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's how it works, but um, to for the cancer council this week, there were a couple of donate for dumb things. There's a recurring theme though. Um, and that is the Jordan Keese donating for messing up the loophole on McRae. He put the emergency on McRae but forgot to take the C off Gorn. And then we had Liam George forgetting to take the C off Gorn to get Grundy's VC score. So Gorn cost a few people quite a few points. And uh, fortunately for the Council Council, they were able to receive some very generous donations. So thank you guys for your donations. But unfortunately for your Supercoach teams, it's a... Uh, just another more donate for dumb things uh, that well, hopefully you won't need to do it again this season, but who really knows? And make sure you keep an eye on your VCs because it's catching a lot of people out. Uh, the loophole this year has been, like it's been around for like five year, five or six years, right? So you'd think that we'd be all over it, but every single week we, we get donations for people that have you know forgotten to put the emergency on someone on the bench. or they, you know, It just seems to catch everyone out. Um, uh, even I think though it's that it's because been around for so long. Riley O'Brien has thrown people. Like now that they can't loophole with their R3 and you have to like think about it like a tiny bit more, it's just like chaotic. Every round I'm like, oh, I can do this and this. And I'm like, but who, how will I loophole? And it's just that extra dimension. Um, you have something else you have to pay attention to compared to other seasons. And yeah, it's just caused so many issues for so many people. 
yeah, and uh, I'm sure it'll, it'll catch people again. Um, one thing I have been catching you at uh, this week, uh, Pistol, is in the Patreon Slack channel that we've got. We're almost up to uh, 100 members in there, in mate, so um, that's been going off. It, it's getting to the point now that I have to almost um, put my phone on silent because it's just blowing up during game day. <laughs> it's it is exciting during game day. I like uh yeah, it's it's great when you when you just have to pop in you're like uh is this I'm watching the other game. How is uh this player playing? I like why why are they not scoring? And then you just get this full analysis on what's going on in the other game. You're like, "Okay, that was great. Thank you." <laughs> it's funny when I haven't been there for a few quarters and then something controversial happens with the umpiring and they go, "Oh, Cheese is going to come in. Oh, here he is. He's coming to say something about the umpiring." It's because like 50% of your posts are with your capitals on. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't see Rampy uh, spider-manning up the post. Otherwise, I, I might have uh, uh, run out of capital letters on my phone. <laughs> Look, uh, that was that was just beyond strange. Uh, I, I We've mean... all been there, Pistol. We've all had that... That dream about climbing up the padding and jumping off above Sanderland's head to just get that uh, that uh, goalkeeper shot in it—he's just living his best life. <laughs> but no, you're hundred percent right. I think we have all thought about it. But just to actually do it in a game is so—it's so strange. As a you know, a grown man, I can I can I'm you know you imagine that when you're twelve. <laughs> What's the point of being grown up if you can't be a little kid sometimes? I feel like we're. Getting into Toy Story territory over here. <laughs> no, it's the guy. It's um, oh, I can't remember the guy who plays Snape on Harry Potter. Anyway, um, we should talk about some of the uh, the good things from our league. Um, we're basically blocking up the top ten uh, here, Pistol. I think we've got um, the top two leagues currently locked out um, with Doctor Supercoach. We've also got fourth, sixth, seventh. Um, and 12th, so a lot of the top uh, uh, and 8th there as well. Um, Pistol, we, we're just kind of locking out that top 10 in the leagues there, mate. Just uh, um, a lot of the uh, Supercoach regulars that uh, are part of the Slack are just blocking it up. Everyone seems to be having a really good season in the Slack, so that's uh, yeah. been phenomenal, but I guess the buys are the ultimate, I guess, oh, I can't decider wait that. in how I think we need to do like a goes. special buys podcast just, just for the fun of it. <laughs> We might have to. It's a, a bit later this year. There's probably a little bit more strategy uh, involved in them, and I guess that will start coming up. And over the next couple of podcasts, when we're talking about players, we'll have to be definitely touching on buys um, a little bit more than usual. So, without further ado, Chizo, how about we jump into the round by rounds? Yeah, absolutely. Game by games, even. <laughs> yeah, Friday night fixture: the Swans and the Bombers. Um, I don't have many fingernails left on my hand after watching this game. I uh, I thought the it's hard to make um, what hard to make out exactly what the Bombers are trying to achieve this year. They they try and go slow in areas, they try and go fast in areas, and they just seem to be a little bit jumbled with their gameplay. Uh, one of the things that is a constant amongst whether uh, no matter what game style they're playing is Zach Merritt finding the football. Uh, another fantastic game, 129 Supercoach, and he was just absolutely everywhere and surprisingly unique in Supercoach, Pistol. Yeah, I really love Zach Merritt as a pick, even though JB keeps uh, passing, not letting me talk about him. I think it's due to the last year's rivalry between Merritt versus um, Neil, 
which didn't go very well for me. But Zach Merritt, <laughs> <laughs> Zach Merritt um, a big game here, 129 Supercoach points, 28 touches, 12 contested possessions, 7 clearances, only 57% disposal efficiency. Um, but it was kind Typical of that, Zach Merritt. It was that type of game, though. So um, he, he scored... He's just scoring really well this season. He's averaging over 110, as he has done before. 576K, and he's quite unique. Has a decent buy as well. So he's someone that's going completely under the radar. And he, for me, is looking very, very solid to finish in the top eight midfielders. I'm certainly looking at him for the fact that he is really unique as well. Um this is the kind of this is kind of part of the season where picking up a unique premium um, certainly really helps because um, there's nothing wrong with having uniques at the start, but um, if the, the the fact of the matter is that if you have a few bad weeks with a unique right at the start of the season, um, it can put put you so far behind the eight ball that. Um, there's no way out, but that you, you know, don't want to play anymore. That's pretty well, much how it goes. That's exactly right. I've been I've been seeing a few delete teams on Twitter recently, um, but at this kind of the season, as we're getting to upgrade, um, you know, the the, the upgrade uh, weeks, you can take a little bit more risk in getting some of these um, unique premiums in because by this stage we have kind of consolidated our teams. We know who we want to be playing on field, and so um, while they still will hurt you if they have a really poor week. Um, conversely, if they have a really good week, you actually can start to find that you're making up ground. And we do have to look at um, potential ways to make up ground during the season because usually during the buyers is when everyone makes their, their, their ground up and then either side of it, they're just basically holding steady. So this is like a really good opportunity to try and find that one or two unique players like a Josh Kelly, like a Zach Merritt, um, like a Luke Ryan, you know, someone that it has a low ownership percentage that is going quite well that can kind of drag you up the ranks because we've seen over the last um, you know three or four weeks everyone jumping on the same common players, uh, Dunkley, Cameron, these kind of uh, these kind of guys that everyone's jumping Tim on. Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly. I mean, Tim Kelly's doing well, but he's not going to... all doing well. That's why we're not, jumping on them, Chizo. He's not going to really extend you faster up the ranks as what a unique player going well will. So, but he's um, better than a unique, which is why he was the best choice for the round. Don't confuse the fact that you only get a unique player if they are equal to or better than the other options. You don't get a unique. That's exactly right. Unique. So that's you have that's to be exactly very right. careful. A lot of people are like, "Should I get Dylan Shiel?" And I'm like, "Well, nah. Dylan Shiel's not going to be a top ten midfielder." Nah, and no like, but he's unique. And I'm like, "But but he's not going to be a top ten midfielder." So so don't. Do that. There's there's kind of so much up in the air around that top ten midfielder mark that you you can go for an Elliot Yo, you can go for a Zach Merritt, and they're the PODs that you kind of want. If, even Josh Kelly with his injury history, um, I don't know if I'm ballsy enough to to do what you did, Chizo, but um, it's certainly. <laughs> I'm in the boat now. Week. Whether it sinks or not, it's a different story. <laughs> that is true. But they're, uh, well, they're the types of players that should and could and probably will finish in the top 10 and are still unique. So yeah, they're, that, they're the types we want to be targeting. That perfectly summarizes what I, the, the point I was trying to make. And we'll contrast that very quickly. We'll look at the leading scorer for the Swans, Josh P. Kennedy. JPK, we've had him in our teams for a lot of years. He has been, uh, he's got a very, very good um, standard deviation in 2019. He, he hasn't had much variance whatsoever. Um, but his ceiling because of the stage of his career is seriously um, kind of capped. He doesn't have those 150s, 160s, 170s that he did once upon a time. And while he is averaging um, around the 110, 115 mark, it just takes one game 
to bring that average down. He's he's not the kind of player at this stage to be able to counteract that with a 150. That's the way that I see it. So even though he is also unique, um, as you say, you do have to talk, uh, see the whole the the whole picture, the the, the totality of the situation. Whereas um, Zach Merritt, uh, you might has had a down week here and there, but he counteracts it with these big 130s and 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 above that he can do. So Kennedy also has the round 13 by the one that shares with Geelong. Um, as well, which will make your life very difficult. It yep. shares with Melbourne, it shares with um, Brisbane. So most people have Neil or have Oliver, or hopefully you don't have Brayshaw. But yeah, it's it's very hard to navigate if you add another swan to the mix. So I probably would be looking um, elsewhere in that route, in those regards. Um, Cheezo, I did want to say Braden Hams is probably the only other, I guess we could call him super coach relevant player for the Bombers. Uh, did you want to give us a little bit of insight into whether or not you think he is a worthwhile bubble boy? I mean, downgrade option. There's very few options this week. So I wouldn't mind hearing your thoughts. So Hams is, in my eyes, not an essential get. He is more of a luxury if you're, you haven't traded hard during the first few rounds of the season and you're just looking to bank a little bit of cash. The interesting thing for me, Pistol, and it's something that a lot of people are overlooking, is the fact that we have no bubble boys really on the horizon that are that have decent job security. And that uh, is something that is also shared with um, Ham in the fact that if we're trading someone like a Sam Walsh to a Ham to bank that... Um, that profit that you've made from Walsh rising in price, you're not only doing that, but you're also making your team weaker in the fact that you won't have these consistently playing good rookies as they come through to the buyers. And to put it in perspective, like everyone that has um, Michael Gibbons will be looking to trade him out because he's not a, a huge scorer. But the thing is, he's playing every week. And that's super important with the buyers coming up. And so... With Braden Ham, he's not going to be making you a ton of cash. The only reason you would be getting him would be to kind of cash in someone on the bench. But if you're cashing in someone like a Michael Gibbons on the bench just to snag a bit of cash as you're, you're upgrading, the problem is that when we come to the buys, Gibbons should be playing and Ham probably won't be. And that that's the, the thing that's kind of making me stick away from him because I just don't see his job security being any decent in the coming weeks. No, that's well said, Chizo. And uh, I think on the Swan side, the last, I guess, relevant player, Isaac Heaney with another poor score. What are owners doing with Heaney, Chizo? Uh, I, I think nothing changes. I, I, it, <laughs> it, the same thing as, as the start of the year. Just write it out. Um, he's not going to be a player that completely destroys your gear. He's obviously suffering from his, um, his ankle injury that is... You know, it's a bit worse than further thought, but we also have seen in in recent weeks that he, uh, when he has a good week, he can put up one thirties um, and plus. So it's going to be a roller coaster. But at this stage of the season, like your chance to get rid of him was a month ago. Uh, like, yeah, I, I don't think I, anyone got rid of him unless it was before the big games. You wouldn't there have was gotten a, rid of him after the big games. I think he's down twenty percent on his initial um, ownership for the start of the season. He's he's I, actually he's actually down a bit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking at getting him either. No. We'll just uh, yeah. I think it's just reassess at the buy and see how he's going. If he's seemingly like if he keeps scoring seventy every week until the buys, then you, 
I mean, we'll, we'll discuss it then, but that's not a player, I guess, worth keeping unless you're going to push him all the way to your bench, um, like your F7 eventually because of that ceiling. But that's another story. We'll have to see if he has at least one good game between he's now the, and the bars. Yeah, He's the forward version of Clayton Oliver. He's just going under par and then suddenly he plays Carlton and just goes stupid big. Um, Jake, Jake Lloyd showed us his floor. He had a... Um, uh, a kind of a stinker. A, a, a stinker for Jake Lloyd standards, but he still had 20-plus possessions and 83 supercoach points. Um, I'd like you to explain this one for me before we go on to the next game. Pistol, 41 Dream Team and 91 supercoach. Surely Dane Rampey got an extra 20 or 30 for climbing the goalpost. Is that a, <laughs> is that a stat that we don't know about? You're right. Uh, I hear Supercoach do award a bonus 30 Supercoach points for those that are able to scale um, parts of the goalpost. So the higher Scale. Up the post you Scaling. Get, oh, that's a Supercoach <laughs> joke. Well done. <laughs> the higher up the post you get, uh, the more points you get as well. So we, yeah, you <laughs> you got you got to consider in future weeks um, if this is going to be, you know, something that we're going to see more often. It's always funnier when you explain it. Uh, Western Bulldogs and the Brisbane Lions. It kind of went the other way than what I expected. I thought the, the Lions have been really on a, a good patch in the, the last month or so. Um, and I, I really thought that meeting Chizo last week would have spurred them on as they uh, they went away from home against the Doggies. No, they just rolled over and died. And you know, fort- <laughs> Fortunately, you don't have that effect on many other people, Chizo. <laughs> <laughs> Only Isaac Haney. Oh, dear. Um, but on the Brisbane side, there was Lockie Neal with 114. He had a massive first quarter and then kind of... He I looked guess, like he was going big, didn't he? I thought he was going to go like 150. And then he kind of, i say, just ended up with 114, which is still a, a very good score. Um, but, you know, what can you do? He's still looking like he's going to finish in the top two midfielders this season. So. This is what he does, though, Pistol. He racks up 30 touches on the night. He goes... Um, uh, at a, a reasonable disposal efficiency, gets in the contestants, and just puts up a really simple one fourteen. Like it's not a big score, but he's he's just gone about his business. He's going to have an, a big game coming up, and this is like one of his his floor games. Like his last month hasn't been spectacular, but you just know a big game's coming. Yeah, he went. He was very very quiet in the last quarter. I think he he had one touch until like five in the last quarter one touch until i think it was the last three or four minutes and then you got like three or four touches so the game was over when he got those possessions and when the game was on the i guess on the line as much as it could have been he just didn't get near it so there was no points coming his way daniel rich again another ton cheeso i got jb's opinion but rich is scoring well almost every single week he's sub 500k is he a legitimate option this year? I mean, anyone averaging 100 in defense is a legitimate option. Like, you can't ignore the fact that he is going... It's it's not a one-game sample size. It's now a two-month sample size, and he's averaging 101. So, um, Lechdog might have been onto something. Maybe he was just three or four years early. But <laughs> Five Rich, or six years early. <laughs> Rich seems to uh, be coming on. The, the thing that I like to see is in their... The, the, their Squad as a whole is developing. They're obviously becoming a more um, competitive team, which is allowing Rich to utilize his kicking skills. Um, the amount of times that you seem um, exiting the back 50 or uh, you know skipping the wing entirely and going right to half forward um, is definitely helping the Lions. Um, and it's something that we always knew he had, but because he didn't really get the opportunity to become free and use his weapons effectively um, is what has probably held him down 
in past years. We always knew, always knew he had the talent, um, but definitely this year he's finally finding that little bit of freedom. Um, and that's obviously just by the eye test. I don't have any specific stats to say that he's more free than, than previous year's pistol, but uh, it's quite clear to see that he's being able to use that weapon a little bit more than previous seasons. And uh, just a little, I guess, funny fact, there was... A bloke Your facts that are always went, funny, sorry. <laughs> a bloke went at 100% disposal efficiency and ended with minus four super coach points, and that was Zach Bailey who got injured in the first quarter, um, did his hammy, and minus four, actually, it's interesting because Chizu, he's got a very high break even. He's at 230k. He could end up dropping down if he has maybe a slow game upon his return. It'll be interesting to see if he can nail a spot in that Brisbane side because he could get down to like 180k and actually be a worthwhile, I guess, rookie option um, to trade back into our sides at some stage of the season. Well, we might be trading down Noah Answorth to Zach Bailey in a few weeks um, to bank that cash because uh, he proved why he was a must-have cash cow on the weekend putting up a sub-50 pistol. That must have been frustrating for those that were banking on a, a 70 slamming him on their field. <laughs> you can't get high, all high and mighty on us by not trading Winchizo. Let's jump <laughs> onto the uh, Western Bulldogs side. Dunkley, 136 super coach points. He's back! 36 possessions 22 contested 10 clearances eight clangers 55 percent disposal efficiency kind of explains why the eight clangers my question is cheeto is, is he Dunkley the back? second coming of dustin martin sorry what is he back <laughs> these are the kind of numbers you saw dusty do in his brownlow year and it makes you think Where's Josh he Dunkley is going to win the Brownlow. No, it makes you think, oh. like, we've been hearing in uh, over a long period of time that Bevo loves these players that are multi-dimensional. They can play forward, they can play sweeping, they can play in 2D, they can play in, they can play in 3D, they can play in 4D. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, he's cheaper than what he was at the start of the season. We had a lot of people jumping off, and he's just showing what happens when you jump off guys that you know your premium players that his back end to last year should have been enough for people to you know keep riding the train because at some point he was going to get a go and he's going to do something like this and when he was having that poor start to the season I was sitting back thinking just do this for another couple of weeks so I can pick you up cheap during the buy and you can just storm home when no one owns you but the the fact of the matter is he's ownership is going to rise in in future weeks and you're just not going to get that benefit you're just going to be following the crowd from now on because he's always had this potential he just needed the ability to be allowed to play inside mid and when you're playing at half forward for 90% of your game time you just don't get it so it's it's a tough spot because last week I was very much don't get Dunkley until we see that he's definitely going to be playing in the midfield because Bevo could have just had a, a one week one it's all midfield thrown back so, I mean, the risk is still there, but it's somewhat mitigated by the fact that there just aren't many very good forward options. So yeah, the ones that are averaging over 90, they're not, no one's going to absolutely, you know, destroy your season by you not getting them except for Dunkley. Like if he now goes on a tear and averages 110 for the rest of the season, which he is, like he has done last year, then he could ruin your season. But I don't think missing out on Billings is going to destroy me. Um, so 
Maybe that's something to consider. <laughs> Probably Even destroy Caleb if you Daniel. do pick up Billings. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb Daniel was uh, quiet with the 79 points this week. And he's also someone that I think is a good pick, but he's not going to ruin your season by not getting him. And he's not going to go up much or down much. He's just a, a very consistent type of player. Some some very experienced super coaches brought him in at the most expensive price we'll ever see Caleb Daniel reach last week. And... The reason that he was getting so much more exposure in the back line was the fact that Matty Suckling wasn't... He, he was out. So well, He's played there the whole season, though, even with Matty yeah, Suckling. He's, he's going to be... Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what you're saying. He's going to be consistent, but he's not going to be putting up 150s that are going to destroy your team. No, that is true. But they really do hope he goes 150 now, just to like, <laughs> make us hear our words. That would be great. Bontempelli, a 99. So a sub-ton for him... Um, Chizo, I'll put you on the spot. Do you think he's uh, going to be a top 10 midfielder this season? Yes. All right. That was You answered very quickly, so I guess it wasn't much much to think about. No, I, I, I have a very, very strong inkling that this is the year that um, he kind of reaffirms to us that he is that future Brownlow medalist that we thought he would be. And leading into Tom Liberatore with a 72... Um, 11 contested possessions, uh, 6 clearances, so obviously around the ball. 47% disposal efficiency. When's the time to cut the liver? Uh, would have been two weeks ago for Josh <laughs> Kelly, I think. Um, but <laughs> Josh Kelly when he missed the game. <laughs> um, Libba, the thing with, that people are getting confused about Libba and players like Sam Walsh uh, to some respect is that they they see them as potential keepers. Oh, I'd love to have this guy at M9 for the rest of the season. That's all well and good. But first and foremost for me, Liberatore was a mid-pricer to make money. So when I saw... Um, that kind of form turning and Dunkley getting more midfield time and Libar spending a little time up forward as they rotated. I just felt like it was a good time for me to kind of catch him in at his top price and um, not necessarily, um, you know, trade him out as a, that cash cow immediately that his top price is what you do with a cow. But it just seemed like a time for me to do it because none of the competition was doing it. Every everyone was let's hold Tom Liberatore for the entire season. He's going to be M eight. He's going to average one hundred and five for the whole year. And I just didn't honestly see that happening. Um, and I still don't see that happening. So um, the fact that he's coming down in price, you almost the fact that he's only made you one hundred and twenty k now. Almost if you don't trade him out this week you're banking on holding him through the end of the buys and onto the back end of the season. You're stuck with him now because if you trade him out, you've made no money out of him because of these last few weeks, Pistol. So you're either trading him out this week before he keeps leaking cash or you're going to hold him indefinitely. That's the way I say it. And they do now go on that run where they play Geelong twice in the next seven weeks and Collingwood as well. So very tough fixture for the Bulldogs. Uh it's tough when there's no downgrade options as well because it's hard to generate money to then be able to upgrade Libba. But if it is possible, um, I think it's not a bad move uh, to use Libba to get someone else. Maybe even like a Josh Dunkley and hope for the best unless you want to get off that uh, Bulldogs roller coaster, which I totally agree with. Um, moving quickly on to Jack McRae, 135 points. Nothing really to see here. 
just if you don't have him. He's much, much cheaper than his starting price, and uh, he's certainly um, a good get. All aboard. Cheezo, do you want to take us through the uh, Carlton versus... You know what? I'm going to take us through You were there. Why don't you take us through it? (laughs) Oh, well, let me set the scene. (laughs) I'm sitting (laughs) up in the bleachers. There's five minutes to go. (laughs) Tier three, right at the back. I've got my binoculars out. No, definitely not. Uh, Tier three. It's like you've never been to the MCG. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) Carlton. (laughs) Paddy Cripps has hopefully... Hopefully this isn't a pattern of him starting slowly, but uh, yeah, the last two matches he's only managed you know the, the sub ten super coach points before storming home in the next three quarters. So fingers crossed that's not something that's going to keep happening because if he just puts together a four quarter effort, he's going to end up with uh, some absolutely monster scores um, because he was enormous all day and he's just an absolute gun. Uh, the the Carlton player I wanted to talk about probably the most is Sam Walsh. 70, that's now made his five-round average. Um, I didn't look it up, so I have no idea. But I believe it's less than 90. And Chizo, I see a lot of people trying to upgrade him this week. Uh, where, where do you stand on that? I'm very, very uh, 50-50. So if you're able to get Sam Walsh, in a single trade to someone like Nat Fife, I'm not averse to that. But at the same thing, we do have to keep mindful of the buyers that Sam Walsh is one of the fittest rookies going around. If there was anyone that was going to play from the start of the season to the end of the buyers without a break, it's going to be someone like Sam Walsh. Um, so there's the inclination to hold on to him because you've got that. Um, he's not going to score like a premium, but he's shown the ability to score, um, you know, 85 above on a regular basis. So uh, he's not like bringing Bailey Scott on the field for, a, or, you know, Matt Parker on the field during the bias for a 24. You can, you, you've got a reasonable score that you can rely on. However, he's kind of slowing down, which is. Uh, I mean, while while you're watching the game, um, I'm not sure if you're um, able to take much notice live. He's still getting to contests and things like that. It's his explosiveness away from the contest that I think we're starting to see the first couple months of AFL just kind of, um, you know, bring down that um, that energy that you have to start a year when you're just absolutely chomping at the bit to get going. So I still think he's going to be a fantastic player if we keep him um, long-term and you do need someone during the buys. But I think that um, averaging 95 to 100 for you know the next two months to get us to the other, other end of the buys is just a little bit a little bit too ambitious, and we should be thinking um, 75, 80 is, is all we should expect. Yes, he's going to lose a bit of cash if we do hold him, and he does average that. Um, so if you, you're treating him much like the Liberatore um, example from before, you would be trying to upgrade him now, but you do have to kind of keep a, a little bit of an eye on who your uh, reserve players are on the bench come the buy time. So a little bit of devil's advocate um, but if I had to pick one side of the fence uh, pistol, I am planning to upgrade him. Okay. Well, Chizo. Sure. <laughs> I uh, actually feel very strongly about holding Sam Walsh. He does have the round 14 buy, which is the, the last buy, which makes him the ideal rookie because he will be high-priced, you know, around 450K at that buy, and you'll be able to, just for 100K, be able to, get him to a premium player that's already had their buy. So it definitely um, eases that buy pressure. And after this week, where I don't actually expect him to score particularly well um, in GWS against GWS, he does have a nice little draw where they play Saints, um, Dons, 
Brisbane and Carlton. Sorry, not Carlton. Western Bulldogs. They are <laughs> Carlton. Um, yeah, so three three of those games at uh, Marvel where he has scored really well in the past. And I just think it's a, a nice little run through the buys where he will be able to pump up his price back up to that 450 mark. So he might lose a bit of cash next week and then maybe the week after. And then after these games come out of his rolling average, he'll get back up to peak selling price. He'll be scoring 80-plus throughout those run of games. I'm quite confident about that, and it will be a, a simple transfer um, at that round 14 buy. So yeah. I'm, in, I'm in absolutely no rush to trade, trade and, Walsh. And you shouldn't be. I, I think to further clarify my comments, I think that um, being in the top 500, I'm looking to take not risks but trying to capitalize on um players you know situations that i can i can go sam walsh to nat five this week in a single trade and i just feel like that's um you know he's the only player i can do that with i just feel like it's it's just a prime time to to jump on the the five train if you don't have him so for me it's just a um just trying to stay ahead of the chasing pack if that makes a little bit sense so there's a, a little bit of a Chizo flex, but um, Liam Stocker, <laughs> 57 super coach points, which uh, is his highest out of his two games. He's on the bubble this week, 126K. Uh, what are your thoughts about him, Chizo? Stocker wasn't terrible. I mean, uh, we saw he's actually a really well-built kid. He, um, uh, You can see that he has a, a good future of um, AFL football down the line, um, you know, if we're reading into the small sample size that we have seen. He doesn't look like too bad of a footballer. The problem is the role that has uh, brought him into the team. Um, he's been rotating across that half-back line, and we've got Simpson, and Newman is also more likely than unlikely to come back this week, um, which would be really, really handy if uh, he was a like-for-like like swap for Newman because the last thing you want is to get Stocker in this week and have him be replaced next week. Uh, a little bit of the Braden ham situation. Um, so his job security particularly that role he's playing is really, really dicey. You would only be doing it if you were desperate to make some sort of downgrade this week. Yeah, so he had a, he was, I say, pretty average in the first half, but his second half was quite good, so I'm not sure he's definitely going to lose his role immediately, but certainly when Simpson and Newman are back in the side, I think, uh, yeah, it might be hard for Stock of the Eight games. Uh, you did just remind me, though, because you, you said similar to to Hams, but with um, Fantasia's injury, uh, he is out for two weeks. Um, Hams might have, you know, a couple of weeks in him still left, Jizo. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's, let's hope the Hams isn't off by two weeks, but uh, <laughs> keep it refrigerated. You should be fine. All right. So on the Collingwood side, again, we have the umpires at the top, uh, followed closely <laughs> by Brody Grundy, 141 super coach points, an absolute star. Just VC him against Rowan Marshall next week. I think uh, early early call, but we'll we'll talk about it on the Thursday podcast. Um, otherwise, it was pretty much an even spread of points for the rest of the Collingwood players. Uh, there's no real relevant ones to talk about. We've spoken about Pendlebury, um in the last couple. Where I don't quite think he's on that verge of the you know top ten midfielders. Um, I think the interest interesting one is actually Chris Main, which sounds hilarious, but I'm um, not kidding. Uh, Chris Main has now got injured in back-to-back games. He scored seven points um, with uh, the injury in round four, and he's come back in and he's been concussed. He actually has been playing a really 
fantasy-friendly role on that wing. He did have 18 touches until he until he got um, concussed in this third quarter of this match. So in his first three rounds, he went 84, 130, 87. Then he got the seven-point injury, 44 concussed. He's now fallen um, to 350K with a break-even of 160. So he's projected to bottom out at 310K, which doesn't sound too appealing. But if you just think... Possibly, if the rookie situation is as dire as we think it possibly might be or might get, um, there's every chance that Maine can go, you know, 80, 90 for the rest of the season and probably get back up to that 450k mark, which means he will, if he does bottom out 310k, you know, make close to 150k. So there's been worse cash cows, I think, but that is probably the strangest recommendation that you'll uh, hear today, Chizo. He's unlikely to be a um, a cash cow because it means you have to trade him back out again. He's more likely going to be a a mid nine, someone that comes off the the bench or someone like that is more likely going to be his season long, uh, you know, job in your team. My, uh, in my opinion, I guess we should um, ask: Is did Steel Sidebottom get an uh, you know receive an effective kick to his score when he concussed <laughs> Chris Main? Because that that was that was quite an effective kick. Like that that was oh, definitely geez, definitely a kick from outside fifty. Oh, no, I'm not even going to answer that one. <laughs> I will touch on uh, the fact that Darcy Moore has been traded out of a lot of sides after that 66. Just, Collingwood didn't play well. That's pretty much it. Well, hopefully they play well over the next couple of weeks. Um, the draw isn't you know, particularly difficult, and Darcy is still, I guess, good for at least a 66 every week, which is a perfectly fine score. Um Having St Kilda, Swans, Fremantle, Melbourne in a row before the bye, I definitely think you could hold Darcy Moore until the bye as well. Um, sure, and he will at least. He's reliable as well, price. isn't he? Yes, like he he doesn't he's not going to kill you. Sixty five has been his lowest score this year, um, and he's only had two scores in the sixties, a sixty five and sixty six. He's probably just going to get seventy seven between seventy seven and seventy nine. Every since week. he's done that <laughs> almost every week, so um, I'd be locking that in for the next two weeks and not really stressing about it unless you can get to someone in one trade and it's a, a massive points boost on your field. Yeah. Um, the the one thing that we did see early on in the game was Will Setterfield's uh, inside mid now. He did return to that a half forward role um, towards the back end of the game and his scoring seemed to dry up. But when he was playing that um, contested inside mid role very briefly at the start of the, the, start of the uh, game, I think he was... Um, on 44 halfway through the second quarter, like a, he, for those that held him, he, he uh, has reset his break even. He's certainly be making a little bit more cash. Uh, we are um, going to jump into the next game, Pistol, a uh, a showstopper uh, for the Suns and Demons. I, I saw a stat um, on Twitter that the Suns have had the uh, most games in the first uh, eight weeks of a season decided by under a goal in history. So they're, oh, they're, wow. they're, they're right on that. Um, uh, that I could have just completely made that up, actually. I don't actually know. Um, Sorry, but... <laughs> no one will check you, so it's fine. <laughs> no one check that. No one at Sir Swamp Thing. Um, another heartbreak for the Suns have had a couple so far this year. They could easily uh, be higher up the ladder with a, a, a few things going their way. Um, but the big talking point is quite clearly Clayton Oliver. 175 pistol from 38 disposals, 22 contested possessions, and 9 clearances. 
this is what we expected. And JB on the the poll with me, we put our hands together. We prayed for a disposal efficiency above forty percent, and uh, it just goes <laughs> to show uh, the supercoach gods do exist. Uh, the old gods and the new seventy one percent disposal efficiency and. All of the other stats are virtually the same he's had week in, week out, um, and he's just put up a monster. Yeah, it, w- it was a matter of time, and you know, congrats to all the owners. For the non-owners like myself, who were just qui- quietly hoping he would continually perform poorly <laughs> for the whole season, just to get that 95 where it's, it's an awkward price, awkward uh, scoring uh, range. But yeah, look, Oliver... Everyone knows what he's capable of doing. He's a young guy that managed to go, you know, 114 last year. He's certainly got the potential to go from this point onwards, 115 plus, no worries. Would I be grabbing him in? I guess it's now before his price skyrockets. Otherwise, you're not getting him at all or getting him after the buy. It's, uh, there's no real two ways about it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Christian Salem, 122. He's sneakily having a very good 2019. Very underrated so far this year. One to uh, certainly keep an eye on. 109 by Max Gorn. Uh, didn't really have his way, uh, you know, his way against Jared Witts, um, breaking the even on the hitouts. And um, Witts has been taking a few scouts this year. He is becoming that really reliable ruck for the the Suns. So the Suns just aren't um, those pushover, you know, um, uh, mid, for our midfielders and our, our ruckmen, as we have seen in previous years, because uh, there was a really, really good contest to watch between he and Max Gorn. It showed on the scoreboard. It, there was also over 100 hitouts in this match combined, which yeah. is pretty interesting. I imagine if they didn't have a good ruck and there was over 100 hitouts combined, like Gorn could have gone absolutely bonkers. He in could this have one. got 80 of them for sure. Oh, that would have been awesome to watch. Um, <laughs> Jay Lockhart has suddenly, I guess in the last fortnight, just become a really good footballer. Um, he, he was on the bubble a couple of weeks ago and people didn't want to get him in because it looked like he was just going to average 40. Um, so not many people jumped on him um but now suddenly a good score last week and then backed it up with a 74 this week from 19 possessions uh he has certainly cemented his spot in this melbourne side and uh for those owners that did take the leap of faith on him he's certainly repaying them they'd certainly be feeling pretty good about themselves as you would be if you started marty whore pistol because he's probably my pick as the uh you know the best cash cow option in our defense lines this year it's almost getting to the point where i don't want to trade him out He's unbelievable. He just keeps scoring in the 80s. I think, look, he's 350K, so he is really getting up there in, in price. I'm not opposed to trading him out before the buy, just because he does have uh, that pesky round 13 buy, so the one with everyone else. Um, obviously, if you can wait until that buy and then trade him, that's the play. But if not, if you if you wanted to straight swap him for a Whitfield who does have the round 14 buy, you could certainly do that before the buys. I think that's not um, the end of the world, especially when Whitfield's, you'd say, is going to come back this week, Chizo, and probably drop to a, a very kind price. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And the fact is, uh, you know, give it another fortnight, uh, Whitfield will have bottomed out, Marty Hoare will have peaked in price, and it's almost a straight trade. Yeah, so uh, lastly on the Melbourne side, I do want to touch on Angus Brayshaw again, as we have every week. But Chizo, this time I wanted your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Frico did tweet that in the first, I think it was five weeks, um, he has he played 
10% of time on the wing. And in the last three weeks, he's played 74% time on the wing. So a very significant role change for him, especially because he's a good inside player. He's not that great on the wing because he doesn't have good disposal efficiency. Um, another 63. So he's scoring incredibly poorly. Is it time to cut losses on him? Well, the rumour is that he kicks on his non-dominant because his dominant foot is so terrible. So uh, you're totally right on his kicking efficiency. Um, But I don't own him, but I share the sentiments of those that did own him and some of those really smart coaches that started him. Um, Ten contested possessions. That was a little dig at Pistol for those that missed it. Uh, Ten contested possessions out of 23, and he's playing an outside midfielder role. What does that tell you? It tells you that he has that thirst for the contest and that he does his best work around the contest. The problem was that he... He's not playing in the contest. That's what the problem is. So what they're they're trying, this is what I'm trying to explain. Nathan Jones was the player that was playing outside of the contest, and... The fact that he's getting along in age, he's slower across the ground, less penetrating um, with his kick than once he used to be, even though he's still a, a booming kick. They're, I think what they're doing is they're trying to find a balance because they can't all play inside. You can't have Oliver, you can't have Jones, you can't have uh, Brayshaw all playing inside mid. Someone has to play outside. And so what they were doing at the start of the year wasn't working, so they have to change something. And so I can understand why they might be flicking Brayshaw um, to a few different spots. I think he's even rotated um, across half forward this year. In one of the games, he spent like 30% forward. Um, so I can totally understand why they're doing that because they do need to find a really good um, outlet player as well because that's something that I think their midfield does lack. Um, at this point in time... I think he's just lost so much cash that people were jumping ship quite a few weeks ago because, um, you know, the fact that we don't have a settled role for for him and the role that he's in right now is, you know, not one of uh, helping him him reach his super coach potential is just so... um, so there's such a disparity between now and his best that you've either got to, you know, ride him out because he's lost so much cash or you've just got to trade, you know, downgrade him to a, a rookie because he's basically worthless at this point. <laughs> he's still 460k cheese. He's 100k away from merit. So it's not it's not the end of the world. I, I, would, I would be getting him out, I, I, if I'm honest. I don't, I don't like, um, you know, I'm holding Heaney. I, I've been telling people to hold Dunkley. But what I'm seeing with Angus Brayshaw is really scary for, for people that own us. And, and if you're holding him for 15 weeks of the season, you, you could be con- completely cooked. Particularly, and it, Yeah, in the midfield, whereas in the forward line defense, you can kind of carry these guys going 10, 15 points under what you'd expect. Yeah, I mean, uh, I somehow managed to start with Brayshaw, Cornelio, and Matt Crouch, so I officially don't have any hair left. But um, I would also recommend jumping off Brayshaw. I guess this was a final test in my eyes against Gold Coast as they had been leaking heavy midfield points. The only problem was they leaked it to Clayton Oliver with the 175, Jones with the 111, and Harms with the 119, and didn't really leak any to Brayshaw. So um, that's me done there um i think we might hear some questions chiso if we should get uh declan kilty who scored 35 and is on the bubble as a key defender um or nah. forward this week actually no nope. um but 
Okay, yeah, but I mean, the answer is no. The answer is no. So we, we, <laughs> we don't need fine. to spend time on that we one. Don't, we don't need to. Um, Corbett, though, 59 points, just the one goal. He's, he's, he only went up 44k, Chizo. Uh, there, what, do, what do you make of the move maybe transferring him in this week? So this, this is something that I've seen from a lot of players. They're like, oh, I was going to get uh, one up and one down. So they got Answorth last week and they got, you know, five or someone in. And they were going to get Corbett this week. My whole objection to that all along was Corbett's going to make like 140K. If you miss out on the 50 that he makes in round, like the, his first price rise, is there any point bringing him in as a cash cow if he's only going to make you another 90.95? If he, like his, his first three scores have been very consistent in, into mid to high 50s. If he averages 57 between now and his buy, he's going to make you 99K. Like, is that is that really... And that's him almost topping out. Is he really worth bringing in now that you've missed the first 50 he's gone up? That's... I would probably say he's not. But the fact that he's got really good job security swings me the other way because we don't have many rookies coming in that, um, you know, say a Hams or, uh, for example, you don't have uh, the confidence that they're going to be there during the buy. So if you missed him... I mean, you can grab him, but just don't expect him to be a Riley O'Brien and actually generate much cash. He might be the type of player that you grab and just hope he plays throughout the buys, and once he's through the buys, you just leave him on your bench. And there's always one of those players every year. You pick someone up and just go, just cross your fingers and say, please play. Yeah, so that's a bolter for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, anyway, let's move on to the next uh, game this this round, Chizo. Yeah, Saints and Eagles. Elliot Yo just sneakily going under the radar, another 100-plus score, 115. Um, not quite knocking the door down for one of our final spots in our midfield, but um, he is certainly playing really well. Uh, Andrew Gaff being just doing Andrew Gaff things, racking up 30 touches and, uh, you know, the, the 110s week on week. Shannon Hearn finally dropped in a little bit of cash for those that don't have him. He's only in 15% of teams, Pistol, and it, it just looks like get him at all costs. <laughs> the guy's going to average 105 this year. The, the amount of kickouts he takes is just absolutely absurd. And the issue I have with all of these West Coast players, which is an issue, is that they have that round 13 buy, which is absolutely killer. It's, it's, it's hard enough to navigate the buys. It's even harder when all the primos you want have the exact same buy. So if you, if you don't care about overall, certainly jump on these players because Yo and Hearn are just in phenomenal form. But you really need to just give yourself a little bit of account on how many players you have in that buy round before jumping on them if you are playing for overall. Yeah, and the really frustrating thing at the start of the year, Pistol, um, we did this little segment of players that we wish we had in our um, our starting squad that we didn't, and I was so hot on Hearn. I said, he's just going to have a stellar year. He's going to go 105 to 110. I didn't think he'd go this well, and you know, I'm not... Um, disappointed in the player that I got in his place but I just I feel like my structure would be so much better having a uh, another premium in my defense and he's just uh, he's taken literally every kick out for every team in every round he's so far ahead on the play on from kickouts <laughs> to, to even second it's just 
um, abhorrent. It's it's crazy. Uh, Jack Petrocelli, 61, just keeps doing his uh, his 50s to 60s to keep generating uh, that little bit of cash. Um, he's not going to lose you a whole bunch, but he is pretty much at his top price if you're looking to downgrade him. He was someone that I went to Corbett last week um, and probably would still suggest a trade like that. Um, if you're looking for a little bit of uh, downgrade money. But um, he's just going to keep ticking along and hopefully keep his uh, um, position for a little bit longer. Pistol, I do want you to talk to me about Rowan Marshall. Only 92 this week, but um, he's just increasingly looking like someone that is becoming more and more reliable and having that that position uh, cemented in the Saints side. Keep talking about Rowan Marshall every week, and uh, I I feel like I'm not getting anywhere clearer, which is probably a <laughs> fault on my on my behalf. The issue I have with him is he he didn't seem to do that well. I mean, I, I did miss the game. I was watching the other one, but yeah, 14 touches, 23 hitouts compared to Vardy's 31 hitouts. Um, only the eight contested possessions, just the three clearances, 64% disposal efficiency but 92 points, Chizo. So certainly knows how to score well. Um, he's got the game is, for it. He's, let, yes. let, let's just well, put Ruckman it out there. He's, he's not an amazing Ruckman. He, you don't watch him play and go, wow, he's a great, he is AFL standard. You just see his super coach score and goes, you know what, he, he just whatever he's doing, just keep doing, son, you do you, because whatever he's doing is working. It's his follow-up around the ground, his ability to get extra disposals and spread from the contest that the bigger, lumpier Ruckman like Vardy can't do. Um, I don't think I've described a Ruckman as lumpy before. but No, um, he's not a great choice of words, <laughs> I don't think. But, but you don't look at him and say, yes, he's an AFL-ready Ruckman, is what I'm trying to say. So every single week he's going to be out-rucked, but his second efforts and his thirst for the contest is what helps him you know, drag those points up week by week. So... Look, we're not really anywhere closer in deciding what to do with him. He's got Grundy this week, which doesn't make me feel amazing. He's still really cheap at 438k. I mean, look, you can take the risk if you would like. There's not many premium forwards scoring above 90, so he's seemingly, you know, in that top category. But being a young Ruckman, having to play that role throughout the whole season, like it's a very physically demanding position, and I don't know what's going to happen I mean, if Saints are pushing for finals, I don't know. But if they're not, do they just like wear Rowan Marshall out, or do they, you know, drop him for a rest here and there and bring in, you know, the support that they have? I don't know. I can't answer these questions. But it certainly doesn't feel like a safe selection to me. Um, it's one of those ones that's still the high risk, high reward. And if you're that type of player, like go for it because he's 438k and is averaging, you know, within a top five forward. But if you're, yes, a safe, conservative type player, then um, I probably would still look elsewhere. Yeah, sure. Um, not much else to cover in no. this game. Matty Parker uh, just going on his merry way of trying to have the biggest free kick differential in the history of the game. If he gives away another free kick pistol, I'm just going to lose my mind. Um, so I'm trying to trade him out ASAP, cash him in, because I'm just sick of seeing him, you know, getting to 30 and then going down to 15, then getting to 45 and then going back down to 30. Because he, I, I love his attack on the contest, mate, but I'm just sick of seeing those free kicks. But um, 
he's going to be leaving my side. The uh, the showdown was another uh, good game to watch. The Crows getting over the power. Um, Rory Sloan just doing Rory Sloan things. He's a gun, 138 super coach, just absolutely everywhere. Rory Laird just uh, you know repaying the faith for those that have uh, you know stuck with him or those that have jumped on him in um, recent weeks. Again. Pistol, he's not going to be that 110 to 115 that we, we might see with like a Lloyd or a Hearn, but he's going to be that low hundreds week in, week out, and he's just really consistent. So um, we don't really have a whole lot to say. Brody Smith, 71, wasn't really a game for him. A little bit wet and dewy. He's not going to uh, you know benefit his silky outside skills. So um, a lot of people thinking you know now's the time to to trade him out but uh, I'm still pretty confident on holding him for the time being because he's going to have some better games in coming weeks do you concur with that yeah Brody Smith he's look at his last five games before this like you know just hold him he's got that that last buy round as well just wait until that point and then trade him out I think that's a, a pretty straightforward thing to do although I, I can imagine if he does score another 70 next week um there'll be a few people really itchy on that that trade finger, but it might come back to haunt you um, during the buys. I did want to quickly say, I've seen a lot of people um, in the Twitter sphere talking about trading in Rory Sloan. I understand the appeal. He's very cheap for his you know, average and his output. He's fun to own. He's great to watch. But you have, to consider, <laughs> you have to consider in the next four weeks, he will cop the DeBoer and the Hutchings tag. And he is one of the most highly susceptible players to attack like he just scoring drops off completely when he has someone you know running with him so yeah be be prepared if just just be expect the tag and be prepared for what that may entail um in terms of his scoring um matt crouch just the 54 points chizo he did cop a hip how do they say a hip contusion and uh, missed the rest of the game and only played 34% time on ground, but still managed 19 possessions. Um, it's a 120 it's been, gone begging, isn't it? Who knows with Matt Crouch? He could get 60 possessions and still struggle a ton up. I'm not. <laughs> just depends on how the game's going. But they have said that he should be right for this weekend. So no need to panic, Matt Crouch owners. Um, <laughs> it's not GWS. You can't you can't get a uh, a little corky and then miss about you know a fortnight like Whitfield. So. Um, Hopefully, if uh, the the Adelaide Crows medical staff are looking out for us, fingers crossed. On <laughs> on the uh, Port Adelaide side, though, Rocky again, 122 points, coming off the back of just a casual 41 disposals, 23 contested possessions, 10 clearances at 56% disposal efficiency. Chizo, he's also really cheap, just like 470k. Has he he's has he done enough to be considered you know a top midfielder this season? Um, he's done enough to convince me that he's volatile as Bitcoin. <laughs> Look, there is there is something to be said about Port's fixtures. I know we mentioned them last week, but just as a, a brief little reminder that they do play um, the Suns, Hawks, Saints, and then have a bye before playing Fremantle right after the bye and then four games in a row at Adelaide Oval, which almost leads you into you know the Supercoach Finals time. It's hard for me to imagine that Rockcliffe will go incredibly poorly during that run of games. So I definitely don't mind the move on, on grabbing him. But, boy, it's it, it always feels risky with Rocky. His injury history isn't great. He's volatile as ever. Um, yeah, 
it's it's a lot to take in and it's a big risk to take but i can certainly understand why some people would be uh looking at jumping on him this week especially for you know a tom liberatore type if you don't have any money in the bank sure uh look talking of someone that we want to jump on in coming weeks if you don't own him travis boke uh 28 touches 18 contested possessions, nine tackles, seemingly did it all, but put up a sub-80 score because he went by 42% uh, disposal efficiency. Yuck. Uh, I'm saying yum because <laughs> I'm really happy. I was waiting for this one game for him to just come down in a bit of price. You know, Fortnite, he'll have reset that break even, dropped maybe 70K and I'll be able to jump on. Yeah, and he was uh, unique against you this week that I had, <laughs> so it was... Not not great for me, but Chizo, his break-even's 140. He's scored above like 129. He could get that, actually, if we are Half a dozen times already, and he plays Gold Coast at Adelaide Oval. <laughs> like, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that You're you might wait nervous, one week. You're making me nervous, Pistol. You're making me nervous. Like, if he goes 130 this week, you would rather the 130 points than saving, you know, 4K in the price drop. So... That's right. I would... I I know it sounds silly because, you know, I'd say, oh, yeah, he might get an 80 this week and you could have saved 25K, but this is a great matchup for Buck. It really is. Um, He's scoring really well this season. I I would still consider getting him at this price and copying. It depends where you are. If you're you're right at the top and you're pushing um, for overall, then I would definitely consider it. If you're hanging back a bit, maybe you can be a bit more, um, I would guess, searching for value is a a better term for it. Yeah. Um, Chizo, the Port Rookies, I do want to talk about it because I can see people trading out Drew this week. I can Ooh, see them no, trading no, no. out Dersma. I can see them trading out Rose. I, I just feel like this is a, Bad a move. big mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but look, this wasn't a game that they were going to score well. I've just read out their draw, which is incredible. Um, I do expect them to score well during that time, but not just that. They have rock solid job security and they have the first buy round which is so important especially you've got them spread out across every line almost you know you've got Dersmer in the back line you've got Drew in the forward line they're going to be so valuable just to have throughout the buys and I know you don't really want to wait till round 14 to finish off your team but this just might be the tactic this year with the buys just being in the wrong place at the wrong time essentially um Drew himself was looking like he was going to have a big, big game. I think he was on 55 at half time and ended on 59 points. But I think I got confidence that he can have those sorts of games, you know, those sorts of halves, I should say. And that over the next couple of weeks, I really think he will be pushing, you know, 80 plus at least a couple of times. He he had the role as an inside mid, and they will win you know, the next three games, you'd think. So uh, for me, it's it's a strong hold on that because I'm going to be trading Drew to, what, like Caleb Daniel or something, and they're probably going to score similarly. So, um, yeah, it's it's a definite hold on those players uh, in my eyes. Yeah, and if only Dersmer could kick straight from 30 metres out, it might have been a better game and he might have scored 80 instead. So um, I, I'm definitely on that side of, of holding them because... Uh, 
they've got that, um, particularly Dersmer is just so consistent. He's not going to suddenly drop 150K and just, you know, completely neuter his his um, his cash generation. He's, he's going to be uh, someone to uh, hold for the time being. Um, we are getting a little short on time, Pistol, so we jump into the next game, the Ruse and the Cats. Uh, Tim Kelly, just doing Tim Kelly things, 162, two goals, 21 contested possessions, 36 disposals. Um, I, I heard it on the uh, the um, commentary at the time. He's just added a few more zeros to the end of his contract wherever he is next year. Oh my gosh! And and to think that he was on like no points at quite a time as well. He basically didn't touch the ball, so he scored this in three quarters. Like this is absolutely insane. Like he he, he started. I, th- I think it was he had like a seventy point second quarter or something like that, and then he just didn't slow down. Like he still managed to just score like forty and forty or forty and fifty or whatever it was in the in the third and um, fourth quarter, which is just unbelievable because usually <laughs> usually that doesn't happen. So he's a phenomenal player, and if you don't have Tim Kelly, I, I said it last week that <laughs> it's funny because it, it does I guess contradict a bit of what I was saying. But I said Tim Kelly is so far and away the best forward option that if you don't get him because of the buys and you get a worse option because of that, you're going to actually lose points because he's going to make up 10 points at least per week on the player that you get in. And yeah. it's going to accumulate until the buys and then after the buys. So you have to get in Tim Kelly. And he's coming out with 162. And if you don't have him now, you're going to be paying a heavy price points-wise and cost-wise. Charlie Constable... Uh, does, he get, does he get a game next week? We don't know. We don't know. I mean... 20, it'd be pretty stiff to get dropped 27 disposals and 10 marks. 92 super coach points. I traded him out when he wasn't in, and then he was in. So it was very disappointing. Uh, Sam Inagola was a late out, which, again, is uh, disappointing for those that traded him in earlier in the week. Dangerfield played, which was awesome. On one leg. Um, he, he's still tunned up. That's what he's going to do. He's going to play on one leg for the next couple of weeks, and he's going to continue to ton up, which is... I guess good news for, for owners. Jordan Clark, um, the 81 points, resets his break even. He's been awesome this year, as has Ryan Myers. He looks points. good as a wing too, Jordan Clark, just quietly. He did. He did. He, he kicked two goals as well. Like he, He's got a, a leg on him. Gee. Yeah. Man, that goal he kicked so. Uh, yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, a really good shot, uh, Gary Ablett, four straight, and also four uh, forearms to the face uh, during the game too as well. So he's becoming a really good sniper. Um, been, oh, no. been, been missing uh, not having Sam Mitchell in the competition, so glad to see we've got someone else that um, just like to take people out off the ball. I'm not going to no touch one's that looking. one, <laughs> um, And uh, pretty much no North Melbourne, just Cunnington um, is the only one that has had relevance in in recent weeks. And a 92 is kind of what I expect from him on a a normal week. I don't really see him being that 110 average that he started the season with. So um, I I think that's kind of a a return to normality, if we can say that. I think he can. I think he's still capable of going 105 this year, but that doesn't put you as a top 10 midfielder. So it's not tradeable. No, That's for not me it's it's not tradable. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me it's just a. He, he, he's had a good season and that's it, but it's not a worthwhile um, super coach option there. Um, Curtis Taylor played his first game, um, 31 super coach points. I don't know if he's going to get another shot next week, um, but you know, hopefully he does. But he doesn't really look super coach relevant, so 
we really need Bailey Scott to come back in. I think uh, that's what we're praying for, Chizo. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he may not get another shot, just like he didn't have a shot at goal. He, uh, they had 25 uh, shots on goal, and he didn't even get a single one playing forward. So that just goes to show uh, how much impact he made in their forward line. Um, that pr- it pretty much covers this game, Pistol. There's uh, not a whole lot to uh, cover, other than Tom Atkins, obviously, um, uh, a hamstring injury. I still don't know how many weeks he's going to be out for. Um, I haven't seen anything, but uh, obviously he's on the trade-out list, I would say, particularly. Um, well, only if he's out. I guess if he, if he if he's... Let's say he's playing this week, Chizo, and his break-even's quite high now. Is he someone that you trade out, or do you hold him now? What's, what's the go? Yeah, he would be someone that I'd be happy just giving a flick because I think it's going to be too long until he's able to reset his break even and start going up. Uh, and, you know, imagine doing, uh, you know, tweaking your hamstring in the first, like, couple minutes of the second quarter and not playing the rest of the game and then getting through training and playing next week. Like, it just seems... It seems unlikely. Like, you, you see that with, like, corkies and stuff like that. You don't generally see that when you tweak a hamstring. hamstring. I actually want him to miss weeks, um... Not, so, actually, so that he's not going to drop price, is that what you're saying? Yes, that, that is why. Because the, the problem is there's no one I really want to trade him to and he's going to lose money, which I can't really afford, especially he hasn't made that much money. He's just at 257k. But the issue I have is even if you do hold him and if he were to play this week, he's going to lose money over the next couple of weeks. He's not going to gain it back before the buy. And on top of that, he has the round 13 buy, which is a troublesome buy in the first place. So... No good can come from this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I just think it's just a, a perfect sign that um, you can flick him off if you want to. But yeah, yeah again, um, it, he's also someone that's going to not help you during the good, the, the you know, the tough round thirteen buy anyway. So there's no real incentive to hold on to him. Um, I'm holding, looking to hold on rookies that are going to help me through that round thirteen buy. If that makes sense. All right, let's sure. uh, gonna get uh, gonna move on to uh, Hawthorne versus GWS. Uh, we'll start on the Hawthorne side as they pretty much controlled the game. Clarko, I mean, he—I don't even know if I'm surprised anymore about how much of a tactical genius he is. Slowed the game right down. He they, basically Hawthorne just did what they want wanted with West Coast, um, Sicily. <laughs> He's funny watching him play because he, he goes quiet and then he just has these monstrous quarters where he just scores like 45 out of nowhere. And uh, that's pretty much what happened at halftime. I think owners must have been sweating when he was on, I think it was 35 and ended with 105. Um, so he's looking like a, another good defensive pick. Um, other than that, Scrimshaw copped a little bit of an injury. Um, no news if he's going to play this week. They said it was possibly a concussion, but... We don't really know. He, he what's looked. Going on. He looked really good on the sidelines. I'd be really um, surprised if he missed a week. Like it, it was almost like you know they were so far ahead of the game they don't really need to risk him. They you know they did their standard concussion test, which takes um, you know upwards of twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. By that stage, it's the end of the third quarter, um, and. Like they hadn't run away with it at that point, but when he he started on the bench, he didn't have his you know his tracksuit on like they were going to call it quits. Uh, but very quickly the Hawks did start to uh, you know get a, a, a stranglehold on the game, and I, I think it was more there's no point in risking him rather than oh he's got a concussion it's really bad we shouldn't put him back on. I think that that's the way that I see it because um, he was up and walking and talking and he he looked um, he, relatively fine. 
Yep, and the 63 points for him. I'll just quickly touch on Warple. Just at 85 points because he went at 50% disposal efficiency. I wouldn't be too concerned having him um, this season. The forwards aren't that great anyway, especially your, your sixth forward. Um, so if he's just going to be your F6, you might lose a little point, a little couple of points here and there on you know other people's F6 over the rest of the season, but you've paid a much cheaper price on them and probably strengthened your side in other areas. So I think he's, he's a... F- really okay pick maybe you can work him to f7 as the year progresses on the gws side chizo josh kelly your boy Mm -hmm. 154 super coach points but let me just read you out his stats because some people might be a little bit surprised 25 touches four marks nine tackles 13 contested possessions five clearances three clangers 64 percent disposal efficiency 154 points chizo What's yep. going on there? Nah, that seems pretty accurate. That you know, if <laughs> if he had that on every given week, I'd be like, "That's that's 154 for me, boy." <laughs> Spoken like a true owner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got no idea. I I think um, uh, you were talking before. Jacob Hopper has better or similar, if not better, statistics, and copped an 82. So uh, yeah, it's um, uh, I think maybe the uh, the tackle count. Um, probably just helped bring it up. Uh, particularly, um, I think he was around the ball a lot in the third quarter when the game was on the line. There was um, the Hawks were very dominant, but not putting it on the scoreboard in the third quarter, and that's when he was um, doing a lot of his really good defensive work. Um, he put in a lot of um, one percenters and, and, and defensive acts, which I I think really helped towards it. It's it's uh, we've always known that Supercoach is more than just kicks plus handballs equals Supercoach, um, and I think that's got something. Uh, to do with it. Uh, Zach Williams, an 82, could have been 182 if he wasn't injured 45 times during the game. Um, I'm, I am I follow a, uh, a page on Twitter, Pistol, that sends me little updates on uh, things that have happened during the game. I reckon I got at least two or three of Zach Williams hurting a different part of his body during the game. <laughs> and I get it every week, and it stresses me out. I mean, look, Zach Williams was in, um, and then in the first quarter he was out. And then Zach Williams was back in, and then he got shaken all about. And, uh, <laughs> keep going, keep going. He, I he want got, to see he, where this goes. <laughs> and then he got taken off and had to do a concussion test. And uh, that was pretty much uh, the end of that third quarter. And he came back on and just f- finished with a solid 82. So uh, not much we, more we could have hoped from Zach Williams there. Uh, the return of Whitfield will be interesting to see what effect that will have on Zach Williams. And it will also be interesting just to see what price... Uh, Whitfield can drop to, but Cheezo, I have a bigger problem. Is and it your whole side? <laughs> it's not my whole side. <laughs> it is Stephen Canelio. Mm-hmm. He scored seventy-five Super Coach points, twenty-six touches, seventy-three percent disposal efficiency. Didn't do much with the ball. What do we do with him? I have faith in Cogs. I have faith that he can come back. He's not doing anything wrong. He's just it's a little bit like Oliver in that respect that he just needs everything to click on one given week and he'll put up a 150 and you'll say, wow, where have you been? He's not having those 15 disposal, you know, two mark games. Like he, he is in and around the contest. He is digging the ball out. I think he's affected a little bit more by Ward's absence than what we kind of have recognized because Ward was that unseen inside 
beasts that kind of allowed these flashier players on the outside to utilize their skills because Cornelio is really, really um, clever and able to, you know, create opportunities in their forward line that, um, you know, lesser likes aren't able to do. But the problem is without him there, they need someone that has that big body, that has the ability to get underneath the contest. Um, And when you have the likes of Hopper, who's still developing, Kelly, who is a more of a Maybe a 60% outside player. He's certainly um, not averse to going inside, but uh, his disposal is just so effective that you do want to, you don't really want to sacrifice him. Whereas Cornelio seems to be sacrificing his game just a little bit just to help GWS in the midfield a little bit because they don't have that designated. Um, you know, inside mid. We've talked about how Melbourne don't have an outside mid. GWS seem to have all these very, very skillful players like your Tarantos and your Kellys and your Cornelios and your Hoppers, but there's no real one that you would look at and say that's a contested inside midfielder and that's what he specialises at. So that's that's kind of my take on it. I think he's just sacrificing just a little bit. Um, and he's he's not playing bad pistol. It's just frustrating to own, but not frustra- he's not playing badly enough that I would be flicking him. Well, I think Cornelio is playing forward, Chizo. Um He had a game, he had a season high, I think Freako tweeted 34% forward in this one. They, they had to try things. It was, uh, they, they didn't lose this game because they said, let's put Cornelio forward and leave him there. They just had to do something. I think I think they threw, they threw, they threw Green into the midfield. There's your switch. That's all it is. <laughs> I think he, his injury might be... Um, affecting him more than we've, I guess, considered really in the last couple of weeks is that ha- it's, you know hand injury is tough enough. I mean, yeah, but you need it, it's football, but you still use your hands. So um, I think this is one of the things where it will heal and he'll get more and more midfield time as he's more and more comfortable um, with it. Basically, um, it's just a hold over these really kind. I guess, run of games. We've spoken in depth about how kind the GWS fixtures are and against Carlton this week um, at their home ground. Hopefully, even if he plays forward, he'll be able to score well. So um, we'll see how that one goes, Chiso. Lastly, Jeremy Cameron. We're quite hot on him last week. I know you missed the podcast. That was due to the run of games that they have coming up. And then he's come out, he's kicked 0-4. He's gone at 18% disposal efficiency. And squad owners a twenty nine, so yeah, gentlemen's twenty nine. Not not too great, uh, Chizo, but they do have Carlton this week, and then Melbourne, and then Gold Coast, then Adelaide, then North Melbourne. He could average one fifty across that. The thing is, like it's it feels bad right now. Um, if you, when you see the twenty nine on your side, but if he scores one hundred and eighty next week, and it's very possible that that actually happens. 105 average across the two games that you have him isn't bad. So let's let's wait and see how he goes over you know the next four games and then maybe um, assess if it was a, a good trade or not. Yeah, sure. When do we buy into the Ricky Henderson hype? I keep saying never, never. but he keeps putting up scores. In wins. <laughs> I'm just uh, pulling your chain. <laughs> how many wins are they going to get? I don't know. Um, even, even so. He's, uh, he's yeah. had a great season, but I don't think he's a super coach relevant option. Okay, super coach relevant options. Nat Fife in the Dockers v Tigers game, another one thirty-two. <laughs> Apart from that concussion game, he's barely gone below one twenty-five. Chizo, should every player have Fife right now? No. 
spoken like a true non-owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 but he will be in my side, side by the uh, start of the round, most likely. So I, I, <laughs> I guess I, I'm kind of telling a fib in, in that aspect. Um, the fact that he's below 600k um, is just... He just seems a really obvious choice. I'll, I'll read out his scores to you, Pistol. Um, he had the 63 uh, concussion, but he's gone uh, 147, 124, 110, 128, 124, 133. He's, he's unbelievable. beast mode. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah, it, 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 it took um, making him unconscious just to stop him from turning up. Well... He got off this week, uh, did not receive oh, a okay. suspension. You get that from uh, Mrs. Fife? He, he, he did not receive... It's a, it's a children-friendly podcast. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so he did not get suspended, so he's free to play, which is great news. But honestly, if you don't own Fife, and especially those that are ranked well, he will do your rank the most amount of damage because That's right. he is capable of scoring monster scores on any given week. He's often captained. Um, so I would certainly advise to look to try and get him as soon as possible. And another 21 contested possessions. He is on an absolute tear at the moment on another level. Um, get him in. Luke Ryan, I think, was awful, Chazo, to be honest. Completely, I think this was, he played horribly and still managed to score 84 super coach points. So if you can play like that and still score 84 super coach points, you're doing something right, Chizo. If that's his Jake, uh, Jake Lloyd floor of a <laughs> low 80s, then I'm super happy. He is always under-owned. I think he's in like 4% of teams right now, and he's averaging 105 in defense, taking the majority of kickouts, uh, playing on, which he didn't do in previous seasons. He was, um, I think, the highest uh, non play on player if that's a, um, a way to describe it um, whereas this year he's utilizing um, his good kicking skills and uh, his penetration that he does get on the left foot so um, I, I'm definitely looking at Luke Ryan in, in coming weeks as a, a potential um, trade in option and, um, and and you don't trade in unique players just for the fact that they're unique but you do trade them in when they're averaging 105 and 110 across their last five or something he would be. So um, if that's his floor, and as you say, he played terribly, I'm pretty okay with that. He does have the first buy round, though, so he might be worthwhile waiting um, until oh, I'm not bringing him in this week. 13. <laughs> and then, yeah, for others thinking about it, and then, you know, trying to get him or reassessing whether he is actually a premium. I don't know why I've got a problem with Luke Ryan. Moving on to Richmond's side, though. Um, Shy Bolton, for those that jumped on him as a cash what? cow... He 124. Was massive. He was phenomenal. Four goals, best on ground. Wow. Chizo. I, I, These Richmond rookies are just making a ton of money. And for some reason, the only one I got was Bolter. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you didn't get Stack, you didn't get Lynch, you didn't get Ross, you didn't get Bolton, you got the Bolts. I got I I got the well not bolts I got the bolter yeah and uh, yes it's, uh, it's it was been, okay this week it's been a long way but it's been a long way it's been a rough start to the season when I see all of them make two hundred k and then you've just got bolter who's got a score of like twelve and you're like I don't know if he's going to reach his negative thirteen break <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is with bolter is because he lost so much cash from his starting price he can just make it back up 
<laughs> he's, he's actually going to make hopefully um, 100k as long as he reaches his you know negative 24 break even, and it'll um, be all week. worth it. And and I'll feel okay about it, I guess. <laughs> um, so great news for for Bolter owners. Um, we should talk about Jack Ross owners. It looks like he has a significant injury, Chiso. Yeah, he's got a no good to hear. ankle syndesmosis, which is not easily come back from. Uh, I haven't heard if he's needed to have surgery, but it was a relatively um, uh, kind of like a, it wasn't a, a high-grade syndesmosis, which um, requires uh, virtually immediate surgery. And I think um, they said he does need surgery. He does today, need surgery, actually. okay. I, so I, Possibly. I could have misread, but I think they said he... He'd meet with a surgeon. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. if he does need surgery, that's out for a significant amount of time. Um, and so he's pretty much... If he's if he's got done his syndesmosis properly, he's almost... Don't even think about him till after the buys, if, if he's done it properly. So, uh, so a trade-out option. I, I think so saying. in this case. Uh, if they have... It's only Monday, so if they have further information during the week that... Um, he doesn't need surgery or he does need surgery, uh, that's going to give us a little bit more um, understanding what we uh, what we do with him. But at this stage, it looks like we're just uh, cashing in and moving on. Toby Nankervis out for up to two months with his adductor injury, I think it was, pistol uh, 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 um, from memory. Uh, it looks like Ivan Soldo is going to be coming in or the most likely to come in and take his place. He's 304K. He really unluckily scored 80 in the one game he played last year and so his price has gone from 228 to 305 to start the year because of that single game um, and it basically uh, for those looking at who's going to be taking Nankervis's place it's probably going to be Soldo and um, unluckily it's not going to be uh, a really nice little trade down for Riley O'Brien Look, I was kind of hoping that they just decide that after this game, Bolter was uh, the go-to man, and he was just going to become, you know, the next Max Gorn. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But hopefully, he can still score a little bit better now. But we'll wait and see on that one. Um, Chizo, there isn't another game for the round. Um, was there anything else you wanted to touch on? <laughs> no, that pretty much wraps it up. Um, as always, when you and I get together for the first time in a long time, we don't shut up. So it's another long podcast. It's been fantastic having you on. Thank you very much, Omi. I miss hearing your cheery voice. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sure you, yeah, you, you miss hearing my, my monotone sound. Uh, <laughs> soothing, soothing sound. Soothing sounds. It um, does put me to sleep. My only worry is that it puts uh, people to sleep on their drive to work in the morning. So um, make sure you pump that noise. Pump the aircon into a really uncomfortable temperature to keep yourself awake because uh, we don't want Pistol to be responsible for anything to happen on the road. Pistol, where you. can you find us during the week? Probably at work. <laughs> this is getting out of hand um you can find us on the social medias um on twitter you can find myself at pistol underscore dic chizo with a z underscore drsc jb underscore drsc for the other one of the three of us and um you can find the <laughs> dr super coach page which we just realized this weekend wasn't copying our uh, facebook posts to twitter so apologies for like i think it's a month of or two weeks of no posts from our Twitter, but that's at Dr. Underscore SC, Chizo. Yeah, beautiful. Mate, uh, been really great to hear your voice again. I haven't heard from you in about a month, uh, so uh, it's been great chatting football. Uh, community, we'll see you later on in the week with the Lockout Podcast. 
have a lovely week. And if you do like the uh, longer podcast, let us know. If you don't like the longer podcast, let us know. Leave us a review. No, on don't let us know. <laughs> any social uh, that you do listen on. Pistol, thanks for having me. I'll talk to you again soon. Catch you later, community.